This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. It's finally Friday. I know so many people are happy to finally be here at the end of the week. Bump, remember how I ended the show yesterday by saying uh, I won't see you guys Monday and then yeah. you said you still have to come into work tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That's the most upset I've been all week. Trying like, to get rid of us. I genuinely ended the show yesterday thinking it was Friday and I was ready for my weekend and I'm ready to go home. And then you told me on air, no, 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 you're wrong. Tomorrow's Friday, and I was mad. I was viscerally angry. Am I am I a bad person because I enjoyed seeing you go from happy to sorrow because I don't have Monday off. Yes, I did take Wednesday off, but I don't have a three day weekend. So to see you go through those emotions did something to my heart. That's so rude. (laughs) (laughs) It gave you life. Well, I'm gonna be uh, camping. You ain't camping. Tell them the truth. I'm camping. You ain't camping. I'm camping. Is, You're camping in January? Yeah. She's not, th- I'm outdoorsy. That's why she's not camping. No. She's going I'm, to a cabin. Okay, okay. That's not camping. That's not I'm camping. camping in a cabin. Um, <laughs> we will have uh, heat uh, and, and a television um, and showers uh, and comfy beds. Uh, and it's actually like a really ex- like nice uh, cabin. It's an Airbnb. You can That's say it. camping. It's expensive. It's Y'all expensive. are balling. Well, huh? I would not be able to afford to live here. <laughs> it's a cabin, quote, in that like the outside is like wooden looking. Okay. Um, but it's like a like a really modern like it's camping. It's glamping. It's it's glamping. It's glamping. That's a good way to say mm-hmm. it. I don't camp. I've never been camping. I don't know why anyone would camp. You've I, never stayed the night outside in a tent in the woods. Never in my entire really? life. I'm from California and I've done that. Why? It's my family, my my wife's family, they were big on camping when our kids were little. And we went every single year for maybe six to seven years. And then, uh, you know, we kind of got tired of sleeping You don't ever worry about bears? You know, I got that thing on me, so I'm going to put up a fight <laughs> if that bear runs up on me. <laughs> he comes up. Hey, hey we, it's going to be tough with him getting us, that's for sure. I the closest I got to camping was and this is why I don't camp you can see where it comes from when my mom took me and my sister when we were younger and uh, we were all going to camp with some like of her family friends or whatever and we got there and it got to the evening and she was like this uh, this sucks <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving I don't have an outlet I don't have anything we were like adios <laughs> you guys didn't out. stay no <laughs> that's where it starts but this is camping to me and shout out to everyone who considers camping, sleeping in a place that's not your own home. In the woods. Yeah. All right. It's technically camping. That's I'm 2024 camping. in a shelter in the woods. All right. Okay? That so works. So I can't wait. Hopefully I survive. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to tell you guys about it when I get back. It counts. No, I'm it moving. doesn't. It, okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> the Seahawks and the Commanders are the final two NFL teams with head coaching vacancies. The Commanders uh, appear to be zeroing in on Ben Johnson. That's according to Jonathan Jones. Uh, Field Yates yesterday was on with Wyman and Bob Bump, and he said he loves Johnson uh, as a pick uh, for the Commanders. It felt like just within hours of that announcement dropping, it was already Dan Quinn to Seattle had generated a lot of steam, and it's logical in the sense 
defense. And, of course, Dan knows pretty much everybody that's been in the building for quite some time. He's you know, been a head coach himself, so you kind of have an idea of what he can bring to the table. He's a defensive-minded man, which, of course, is important for a team that you know, I think right now is in really good shape offensively and just needs to really, really figure it out on defense. So my, my general sense is that you know, we're still heading towards the Dan Quinn conclusion. That, but, but, you know, this one of the great coaches uh, who's been around for a long time, Mike Tomlin, you know, this is how he got the job in Pittsburgh was that it was kind of like a sort of like an exploratory interview when it felt like the team had already made up its mind and he won over the Steelers brass and was it 18 years later or 17 seasons later with 17 seasons of 500 or better. Mike Tomlin remains in control of Pittsburgh. It's Field Yates saying Ben Johnson's the best coordinator available, but is maybe going to the Commanders, which is why we're starting our show with, and then there were two. It's us in Seattle, and it's Washington. Yeah, there are two of us. Just the two of us. Uh, Will Smith made a remake of that song back in the day. Try. And that's how I feel about the situation, right? It's the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. And, I, I mean, yes, we're a bit biased. We live in the Northwest. But I look at the Seahawks and I go, this has to be the more attractive job, right? You have um, a quarterback for the next few years. You have everything you need on offense. Probably throw a couple linemen in there. And you got a lot of p- pieces on defense. You got to fix that. The Washington Commanders, let's not sleep on them, though, either, right? They do have some guys. You got Brian Robinson Jr. over there, played in 15 games, 733 yards, and five touchdowns. Don't forget about um, Gibson over there, who, who was underused. I remember he had a couple good years over there um, in the backfield as a running back. Underused this year. Uh, who knows why? And you got McLaurin over there, a thousand yard receiver, one of the most slept on guys in the league. And I really like the second year guy. I believe it's the second year, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I like what they got going over there. Offensively, they got some weapons, but we saw what they did defensively this year, right? Mm-hmm. Sweat is gone. You got Chase Young. He's gone. Maybe they were preparing for this year and saying, all right. And as I talk through this, Stacey, it's crazy because they got weapons on offense, too. Mm-hmm. Got to fix some things on defense. I think the Hawks have more to work with on the de- defense. These guys got to go out and make things happen. Um, so I, I think both places are, are, are different and good at the same time. The commanders are trying to change what we think of them. They changed their logo. They changed their name a couple times. They're trying to rebrand. <laughs> I forgot when they were a football team. Exactly, right? The football <laughs> team. They're trying to rebrand over there. And how do you do that? You bring over one of the hottest coordinators in the league. You bring over a guy who's worked with Jared Goff for a couple years and has um, raised his game. A guy that uses his tight ends, who uses his running backs, and uh, understands how to manage a game. So um, I think... Either organization would take a Ben Johnson, right? It's all about preference. It's all about personality. It's all about the right fit at this point. But I wonder um, if he has any insight. Why why Ben Johnson to the Lions? You still got some guys out there. Yeah, well, there are still some head coaching candidates, and we'll talk about them a bit later in the show. Bobby Slowick being another uh, young offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson has, like, a little bit of experience on him, both of them very young. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the assumption is – Look, Washington, they're moving on from this defensive-minded head coach with the number two overall pick. They're probably going to take Drake May, and they're going to want an offensive mind to mold their team, and especially this young quarterback in this huge investment. And so I totally get why people are looking Mm -hmm. at Washington as going offense. 
And I also get why people are looking at Seattle as going defense, but I'm kind of doing that thing. Like, Bump, you have three kids. Did you ever, like, give your kid, maybe you give, um, you know, one of your kids, you know, a slice of cake or a treat, and the other one didn't want one, but then the second that kid sees your other kid getting it, they go, I want one. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Ben Johnson and some of these offensive candidates. I am so team, like, Mike McDonald, let's see what he's got. But the second I hear about Ben Johnson's this great candidate and, you know, the commanders really want him and he's probably going to land there, I go, well, what if I want Ben Johnson? Yeah. Hang on, what about me? That. You know? I feel that. And it's because people outside of Seattle, the people who cover these teams and, and these players more nationally, have done a great job of selling us on these guys, right? They they sold us with their personality. They sold us with um, their potential, but then they sold themselves with their resume. You see what Ben Johnson has done the last two years as a coordinator over there with the Lions. The only thing that that kind of that would deter me of um of going after these guys is that they don't have that much experience. Now I'm not saying that because you don't have experience you shouldn't get the job. Like Ben Johnson's been a coordinator for 2 years. Slowick, I think this is his first year yep. being a coordinator. Yeah. You saw Dave Canales one year as an OC. Now mm-hmm. he is the head coach. I'm all about guys getting opportunities, but they don't know what they don't know, mm-hmm. right? They've never stood in front of the team as the head coach. They never went upstairs and talked to management as the head coach or sit in the draft room. It's probably in the same room as everyone else, but it's a different position. You're at the head of the table with the GM trying to make all these decisions. So there's a, there's pluses and minuses to having guys getting get opportunities, right? They're going to bring some fresh eyes to us, some fresh thoughts, and that's awesome. But also, there are going to be some growing pains. That's why I'm saying you go and get Vrabel as an assistant if he don't get picked up. Four years, hey, man, come help us out. You go and get Ron Rivera. You try to get Bill Belichick, whose defenses have still been pretty good over the last few years, really even though good. they have been losing ball games. So whatever you do, if you do go after one of these young guys, you have to support them correctly. Don't just give them the job and say, okay, it's yours, run with it. Yes, it is yours, but surround them with the right people. Now, let's talk about the candidate that's been linked most to the Seahawks. Field Yates, yes, is, of course, looking at Dan Quinn. I look at it through the prism of which team gets it a chance to win the soonest. Obviously, the division is good. I mean, you've got two teams that made the playoffs this year, one that's still playing in the 49ers, and a fourth team in the uh, you know the Cardinals that I think is, you know, if something else is on the rise, right? They, they, they have hit their rock bottom. They're on the way back up. Um, they have the fourth pick in the draft, which is going to be very valuable. But, you know, Seattle back-to-back seasons with nine wins, like – quarterback that's good you've got you know multiple receivers in place you've got two bookend offensive tackles that can be good players you know I mean, Boye Mafe one of the breakout pass rushers in the NFL Devin Witherspoon you know potential defensive rookie of the year like I just hit five of the key premium positions in the NFL and Seattle might have them all I mean if you can protect if you can cover if you can rush and you got quarterbacks and pass catchers you're in pretty good shape and Seattle has pretty much all those boxes checked No, there's a lot of great things that Field Yates said there, but um, Bump, I think what a lot of fans probably paid attention to was, quote, Dan Quinn has felt like the pick the entire time. I don't know how many Seahawks fans, particularly those who have fallen in love with the idea of a young coordinator like Mike McDonald, uh, are going to love this take. But are we all making this harder on ourselves? Like, has the obvious and likeliest answer been in front of us the whole time? The day Pete Carroll was fired, it was reported by Mike Garofolo and and uh, Ian Rappaport that the Seahawks were interested in Dan Quinn. Yeah, um, because that's the easy pick. That's what we know. That's what's familiar. And sometimes the easy pick is less attractive because you're wondering what a Ben Johnson, what a Mike McDonald's, what a Slowick would be able to do over here. You feel like because Dan Quinn has been here, you know what he what he's going to bring to the table. You feel like, okay, the Pete Carroll era is over and it didn't end the way that we would like it to end. Why would you bring in someone that people feel like they're just going to rinse and repeat what Pete Carroll did? 
uh, that that's the um, the hesitancy I feel like with the Dan Quinn. But Dan Quinn's been – he ain't been here for a long time. What is it, 2012, 13, something like that, 14. It's been a while since he's been here. Mm-hmm. He's moved on. He's been a head coach. He's been a coordinator. I mean, he's stayed relevant. So what do you want to do? Do you want to go with a guy with a track record, or do you want to roll the roll the dice on some dudes who have never had this opportunity? Like I said, there are, are advantages to both situations, and I think it might just be Dan Quinn. The, the way that it feels. I think it comes down to Dan Quinn and Mike McDonald. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm feeling. And if it comes down to those two, I'm perfectly fine with it. Because at least you're giving the new school a chance to present themselves in a way that's enticing and, and have you say, "All right, maybe we do need to switch it up." And then you have the old head come in, the OG, which says, "Look, I've done this before. You know what you're going to get out of me. Mm-hmm. You know my work ethic. You know my scheme. You know I, I know how to lead an organization. This is safe." So now it's all about John and uh, and Jody. What do they feel? Do they feel this team needs a lot of the old in Dan Quinn? Obviously, he's going to bring right. his own deal to it. Or do you just need a completely new, fresh white tea that you can get all dirty and stuff along the process? I was going to say, give it an hour. Give it <laughs> an hour. Um, a question for you, unrelated to sports, before we move on to headline rewrites. Uh, I had a couple people on the Mac and Jack's text line, all in good fun. Uh, making fun of me, uh, saying, "Oh, you must not be from Washington. If you, you, you know, you hate camping. You've never been camping. I am from Washington. Shout out SeaTac, Washington, my hometown. Um, and uh, and I hate camping. I do use an umbrella, uh, but I have naturally curly hair, and some people don't know that struggle. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my hair does not touch water. Uh, and uh, and and no, I don't. I don't like shopping at REI. Like, I just, like there's just, you know what I mean? There's when there's stereotypes about your state or your city, and people are like, "You must not be from here." And you're like, "I am," but you know, this is the most non-fill in the blank thing about me. Is there anything about you're from Cali? Anything mm-hmm. about you that's just so not LA, not Cali? Not that you're LA. like, man, my friends make fun of me all the time because I just don't do this thing. Yeah, um, when I'm in Cali. And we go out, even we go out to a store, going shopping, mm-hmm. and go to a restaurant. All my homies get dressed up like to the T. Oh, like, I can they are see that. Fitted. And me, I'm like sweat, sweater, some. They were like the Washington got you. Yeah, they're like, bump. Has you in a chokehold. Like, are, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And they're like, <laughs> nah, man, we're going to, you know, the promenade. We're going to Santa Monica, man. You got to get dressed up a little bit. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll. I'll throw a fresh white tee on and some uh, some creased up pants or whatnot. So yeah, that asked me. I'm so low key now. I, I used to be about that life, but not no more. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we just have to accept who we are. And um, I don't use an umbrella. Only time I use an umbrella is if I'm on the sideline watching my kids. Game. Really? Back oh, that's in the day, I used to be Washington. all about umbrellas. I'm all about umbrellas. Someone said, "So you don't shower." I'm clearly talking about rain. But some people, again, if you do not have curly hair, congrats. Uh, if you do, uh, most especially if you are a woman, uh, your hair will not stay straight. And it just, uh, again, this is a struggle that a huge chunk of our audience doesn't understand. I'm just saying I'm pro umbrella and people who are like, what are you doing? Don't understand the struggle of straightening and keeping <laughs> your hair intact. You're like a black woman. You know black what women I'm saying? will not get that hair wet. Not at all. Mm-mm. By no means. Absolutely Mm-mm. not. If I have just washed it and straightened it and then recurled it, I'm not touching <laughs> hey, a pool. I'm not touching one the step closer to the cookout. I see you. Okay. That a girl. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to headline rewrites. Extra, extra, read all about it. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacey. <laughs> 
The Falcons have hired Rams, uh, former Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their next head coach. What's the real headline? Those hoping Bill Belichick would be hired are feeling really deflated this morning. Yes, I went to an oldie, but a goodie with Deflategate. <laughs> this um, news broke at the very end of our show bump yesterday, and it was the same day that we interviewed J.B. Long, Rams play-by-play man, who totally sold us on Raheem Morris. I was kind of bummed. I was, too. Um, we spent all that time getting gassed up with Morris, and I'm picturing him on the sidelines with a Seahawk logo on his chest, and then he goes to the ATL. One, he's been there before, right? Um, he was a wide receivers coach over there. And uh, what this reminded me is that, man, everyone is immortal. You think of Bill Belichick. You think that he'd be able to leave New England and get any job that he wants. Any job. And then you see him on the interview for one organization. You go, that's the job he wants. That's probably the job he is going to get. But goodness gracious, man, father time is undefeated. I don't know what it was. Could it be that he's older and they don't want to, they don't know how long he's going to want to coach? Could it be that um, his personalities didn't really mix up or whatnot? Maybe they like coaches with sleeves. Maybe they do like. And, and, um, and if they are cut off, they're actually made to be cut off, not just cut off with right, uh, exactly. with, uh, with scissors it's or like whatnot. It's like destroyed denim when your parents are like, so do, have you had those for a long time or did you buy them like that? Exactly. But here's the thing, man. Um, guys get phased out. I'm not saying Bill Belichick check is phased out of the NFL. I think next year, if he wants to coach, he can get an opportunity, but uh, he don't hold the leverage and the weight that he used to. Coming up at 1045, we're going to talk about why Bill and a few other coaches are currently without jobs despite being some of the best options available. What's next? Headline rewrites. LeBron James has been named to his 20th All-Star team, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What's the real headline? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's reasons to hate LeBron grows by one. I'm convinced yeah, he can't stand him. I, all, all those old dudes had a little, I wouldn't call it bitterness, but just just dislike for the new generation, yep. right? As I approach 40, I start to feel a little bit of that. I could imagine if I was like 70-something. and But what LeBron has done has been ridiculous, man. The only time he wasn't an all-star was his rookie year, and he still averaged 20 points and six assists. And that was when I was like a LeBron hater. I'm like, who's this young dude coming in the league trying to take away from Kobe Bryant? <laughs> like, who is this LeBron dude? And as the years go along, I go, all right, he's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, he can ball I a little asked bit. you today, has LeBron <laughs> ever had a bad year and you just reluctantly, no. No, he hasn't. <laughs> the man don't miss. You might not like his personality. There's some things I don't like about him, the way that he plays, but numbers don't lie, and that man's longevity is crazy. Oh, someone hit me with the Weird Al photo. <laughs> old Stacy. Oh, look at Stacy. He's so cute. What's next? <laughs> Headline rewrites. The Lions are searching for their first ever Super Bowl appearance with an NFC Conference Championship showdown against the 49ers this Sunday. What's the real headline? Yeah, bad news for Cowboys fans. Detroit is currently America's team. Yeah, for sure. Period. For sure. They've already done something the Cowboys ain't been able to do in 30 dang years. Get to the Conference Championship. They are one of four teams to have never played in the Super Bowl. You know who the teams are? To never have played in a Super Bowl ever. ever. Uh, Texans. Yep. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so Lions, Texans, Browns in a modern Super Bowl. Browns, yeah. Um, One more. Uh, okay, it's not the Titans, though. They haven't won. It's not the Vikings, nope. is it? It's three, two, one. Who is it? The Jags. Oh, Jags never played. They've been to the conference the championship time. a couple yeah. of times, but 
never made it. Um, we're rooting for these dudes, right? Yes. They're playing against the 49ers. We know it's going to be um, a tall order, tough task to kind of get through these guys. But we see there's a way. It's not like we're looking at this matchup and saying, how the heck are they going to do this? We're looking at this matchup and saying, they're going to have to play a good game for these guys uh, to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Also, you're going to pray that Debo Samuel doesn't play because Purdy struggles when Debo's not in the game. Uh, it's going to be fun, man. You look at this quarterback matchup. I'm going to break down some of it in four down territory. They're comparable. I mean, yeah. Jared Goff is having the same type of year that Brock Purdy is having, but he's not getting the love because it's not as flashy. You're tucked away in Detroit. Um, Jared Goff, ready for this? Should have been in consideration for MVP. Should've I'm not been. mad at that. If you're I'm looking at, at Brock take. Purdy's numbers and what he does, you look at Jared Goff, there's no reason why his name wasn't talked about. Someone said, is Bebo playing? I think they mean Debo, but I like calling him Bebo now. I like Bebo. Um, I believe it's TBD. It's an interesting decision they have to make because the question is, do you think you can win without Debo? Because then you get two weeks off and he could have three weeks off. Mm-hmm. You get to rest him. He gets to be fully healthy for the Super Bowl. It could be a little bit of hubris, though, if you think we don't need one of our best players. We've got this against the Lions. The Lions are a hard out. Yeah. Like they are a tough beat. Hey, Stacey, you can't win the Super Bowl if you don't get there. Did you know that? Yeah, exactly. That's a deep thought for you. You're playing Debo. Debo, you got to play. If he's Throw like, him in there a couple what if he's weeks. 50%. 50, no, I think if he's anywhere around 70%, you give it a go. Because yeah. Debo can protect himself. You just can't constantly throw him screens. You throw him screens, there's pressure on him right now. Yep. If you allow him, allow him to be a receiver, he gets into space, he can get down. That's how you protect him. Uh, question for you, because it did my opinion uh, change. Uh, did the 49ers' massive struggles over the bulk of the game against the Packers change your opinion about how beatable they could be in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, for sure. Same. You, you struggled against the youngest team in the NFL a defense that was playing horribly before that game, a QB, his first year starting for the Green Bay Packers, who put together a good year, though. You allowed Aaron Jones to score three touchdowns while man had two the whole season. Romeo, uh, was it Dobbs is out there doing his thing. They just looked human. And this is the NFL. You get into the playoffs. All these guys can play Mm -hmm. or bring something to the table. But, um, you know, it just reminded me of, what is that, uh, Zoolander? He's like, no one makes me bleed my own blood. Was that Zoolander or was that Dodgeball? Oh, shoot. I think it was Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Yeah, Dodgeball. That's that's what I thought about. I'm looking at the night. I go, man, you bleeding your own blood over there, You really are right now. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We've got six new head coaches for eight openings so far. So, Bump, including the two spots that haven't been filled, so eight total, which new NFL head coach will be under the most pressure in 2024? And is it Seattle's? That's next. You're listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Ross. I'm just going to be saying that every time Debo does anything, I'm going to go, it's Bebo. I like it. Bebo Samuel. Which new head coach will be under the most pressure in 2024? We've got six of eight jobs filled. New England Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo, former Pats linebacker coach and Pats player, taking over for Bill Belichick. The Vegas Raiders hired on their interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, a, f- a player favorite. The Titans hired on Brian Callahan, former Bengals OC. Chargers hired on Jim Harbaugh, obviously former Michigan head coach, been in the league with the 49ers. Panthers hired on Dave Canales, former Seahawks quarterback coach, was most recently OC for Tampa Bay. Falcons just yesterday during our show hired on Raheem Morris, who was a former Tampa Bay head coach, but maybe even better known as a Rams defensive coordinator over the last couple of years, taking over for Arthur Smith, heir to the FedEx. 
Um, Heir to the Fed. <laughs> Heir to the FedEx Trust. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like thinking of Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, former Falcons coach and heir to the FedEx, uh, I don't know, money, legacy. You think he uh, he liked that movie Castaway? That was FedEx, wasn't it? Oh, I bet that they Hanks, hated that. They I bet they were like, no, one. none of our, absolutely none of our FedEx uh, delivery people end up stranded on islands. Never. That's a lie. Would never happen. Which new head coach? Uh, and then let's include also whoever's going to be hired for the commanders and Seahawks, even though we don't know. We'll be just looking at the pressure that person will face. Bump, who will be under the most pressure immediately? All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the first six Fair. and give you a note on each one and okay. then give you my decision. So you talk about the New England Patriots. You got Mayo over there. Every clip that I've heard about Mayo is that he is pretty much Robert Kraft's like stepson. He he can do no wrong in that organization. You can look at just how fast he he climbed the ladder when it comes to being a head coach. He's only been on staff like three or four years. And there was a succession plan already in his exactly. last contract. Put it in the contract. So Kraft knew what he was doing. All right, the Patriots in 2021, 10 and 7, 2022, 8 and 9, and then 2023, 4 and 12. The last three years are 22 and 27 with one playoff appearance. You look at what he is inheriting, he's going to have – three or four years to try to figure this out, especially when you look at the relationship. Let's go to Vegas. Antonio Pierce was five and four as the head coach. They have the 13th pick in the draft. They have to get a quarterback. They got nine total picks in this draft and the AFC West, the division that they are in allows for growing pains. You're not just jumping in that division and saying, take down Pat Mahomes in the first two years. No, you got to build. He needs to find a quarterback. He's got nine picks this draft. And now we go to Tennessee with Callahan. Same question. Who's going to be your quarterback? You drafted two quarterbacks the last two drafts. Are you going to do that again? Mm -hmm. Are you rolling with the quarterbacks you have there? Also, what's the plan for Derrick Henry? Are you going to keep him? Are you trying to move on? He's been a coordinator before. We're talking about Callahan. Five years with the Bengals. Has never called plays. Never called plays. He's just a guy who who organized the game plan but doesn't call the plays. I did not know that. So we'll see how that works out. That's interesting. Now we got the Chargers with Hardball. Talented roster, but it needs to be reconstructed. We talked about yesterday. You got guys who are going to get paid or need to get paid who are getting old. Khalil Mack is a free agent next year. Keenan Allen's a free agent next year. You got Eckler, who's a free agent this year. Again, you're in the AFC West. That buys you some time if you are Jim Harbaugh. Also, you understand he's uh, pulling a lot of strings at the top. He um, he has uh, control of this situation over there. Carolina with Dave Canales, absolutely no expectations. No. I mean, he's walking into the worst situation, but because it's the worst situation, you have no expectations yep. at all. Yep. So you can just eliminate him from this deal um, when it comes to who has the most expectations. And then you go down to Atlanta. They're the most intriguing situation to me when you look at the guys who have the most pressure. You look at the NFC South. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got into the playoffs and won a playoff game. But you look at that division and you go, okay, rookie quarterback with the Carolina Panthers. Dave Canales just left Baker Mayfield. The New Orleans Saints, we don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons on paper might have the more talented roster. I saved that for last. And you got the Seahawks and the Commanders. I think with the Seahawks, you just got to be mediocre. If you are, you win nine, ten games, you're good to go. And then with the Commanders, I think that situation over there, they still have the, um, the, the Snyder hangover over there. And you're going to get some opportunities. So we're looking at all of these situations. 
unfortunately, because I like this dude, I think it's Morris who has the most pressure on him. And the reason why he has the most pressure on him is because he has a high draft pick when it comes to getting the quarterback. You look at the weapons that he has on offense, you're thinking you should be able to do something with that. But John Robinson, Drake London, uh, you got Kyle Pitts over there as well. You look at what their defense was able to do this year. They were a competitive defense. He is a defensive guy. Now, he's coached on both sides of the ball, but, uh, but they were competitive. So I look at all these situations and I go, who's expected to win right now? The guy who's in a division that is wide open. It ain't New England because you know you got to go through Miami and the Bills. It ain't Vegas because you're in the AFC West. It's not Tennessee because you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. You're losing a That's franchise guy in Derrick Henry. It's not the Chargers because uh, Jim Harbaugh, again, you're in the AFC West. You got your quarterback. You got to rebuild a defense that's been suspect. And then Carolina is just, I don't see them going anywhere fast. So I'm going Atlanta. You said you're going Tennessee? I... I'm going Seahawks. Seahawks with the most pressure. Okay. So I uh, I decided there's a million ways you can look at this. I love the way that you looked at it, and I don't think it's wrong at all. Uh, I looked at it. Um, I tried to quantify as much of it as I could. And so uh, I looked at just what was your record? What has your record been? Do you have a franchise quarterback? And what's the ownership situation? So, for instance, uh, the Vegas Raiders were eight and nine last year, have no quarterback Antonio Pierce taking over, but he's like loved by players and the Raiders have kind of, you know, been in the bottom of the AFC West, you know, punching up for a while. Yeah. Expectations aren't that they win the NFC or AFC West. I really don't think so. The Tennessee Titans have won the AFC South before, but they were six and 11 last year. I wrote quarterback question mark. Um, obviously, like they really went after Brian Callahan. So I think they're going to give him time. I don't think there's a ton of pressure there. Um, I think that there is pressure for the Chargers by virtue of them having a quarterback and it being Jim Harbaugh. But they were five and 12. Like you win seven games and that's technically improvement, even though a seven win season is not a great season. I, I agree with you with the Carolina Panthers. They had two wins this year. They do have a quarterback, but they that offense was so bad. Um, Horrible. The only thing that makes that uh, a pressure situation is that their owner is really fickle. And yeah. that he is someone, I mean, this guy threw a drink at <laughs> Jags And he fan, got rid of Frank after exactly, 11 games. Exactly. This is a guy that's very fickle, very testy, uh, and, I, and I think will not be afraid to make a quick decision. Uh, so that's where the pressure is coming from, but that's it. Um, meanwhile, I look at the commanders who are going to have uh, the number two overall pick. They're going to get their quarterback, but they've not been an organization that's been winning more often than not, right? Like, I think for them, having stability is a win, and thinking that they found their quarterback is a win. The Seahawks are the outlier here. Compared to all of these teams, and you can look at the Patriots and you can say that they've won more often than not in the last 10 years, but in the last couple years, they haven't. They have four wins this year. They don't have a quarterback. Looking at pick number three, they're going to be developing. The Seahawks have won more often than not. They have made the playoffs more often than not. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs, but, I mean, they still won nine games. I don't think the expectation is going to be a new head coach must win nine games, most especially if you hire someone like 36-year-old Mike McDonald. But I think they're facing the most pressure out of anyone. Are they expected to win the division? No. Atlanta's Atlanta's the only team that I think – 
Oh, with that hire. So That's what I'm saying. So I, I get what you're saying yeah. because the Seahawks have won so many games. Atlanta's a close and, it was a close second. And you're used to you're used to a certain type of success, even if it is only nine games yeah. that you won in a year. You're used to being over five hundred. If you're not, then it's a loss. Uh, I get your angle. Uh, I just the team who was expected to win. Like if Atlanta does not win the division and get into the playoffs. People are going to be talking about what's going on there, right? We, we've heard JB talk about Morris and the way he connects with the players. Like I mentioned, he's coached on offense. He's coached on defense. He's well-versed in this game. That division is wide open because I'm looking at Tampa Bay and I go, what are you going to do without Canales? I know Todd Bowles, that defense is going to be solid. You still got some, some talent over there. But they didn't do what they did until they got Canales. Coaching up Baker Mayfield, uh, even though Baker, what Baker was, was he somewhere else last year? Where was he at last year? With uh, was he with the Panthers or was that longer ago? I don't know, but this is first year with yeah. uh, with Tampa Bay, right? Um, so yeah, but no, I um, I don't, I don't disagree with uh, with what you're saying. I just, I just think that it is between Atlanta and uh, and Seattle. Just if Atlanta don't win a division with the young exactly. talent they have yeah. and, and and the draft pick that they have to get a quarterback, yeah. it's going to be a loss. I don't disagree with you. I do love the answer. The way that I decided, obviously looking at it, and then I think another exercise could be if you look at the Patriots, Raiders, Titans, Chargers, Panthers, Falcons, Commanders, Seahawks, <clears throat> if you're a fan of one of these teams, does not making the playoffs feel like failure, yes or no? I think for Seahawks fans, yes. Yep, yep. The answer is yes. If it doesn't matter, so they're saying, "Look, bare minimum, just get into the playoffs. Yeah, you gotta win the division. And that's tough. Get to that's, the a, that's a tough ask. You know it what is. I mean? Clearly, uh, you're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Something about this hiring cycle has both of us absolutely stumped, floored. That's next. You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Ross. Now, I think that when I say this question that has me absolutely stumped for this hiring cycle, people are going to be like, well, here's why, Stacey. But I'm sorry, when you really think about it, step back and just think about it, it is pretty wild. Why is Bill Belichick not getting more interviews? What I would say to you is this, when Tom Brady left New England in free agency, there were all of two teams that were serious about signing him. The Chargers and the Buccaneers, two out of 32. And last year when Lamar Jackson was a free agent, nobody was interested in signing him to an offer sheet. So sometimes teams get in the way of themselves and don't mm-hmm. make rational decisions. Yep. And so here we have the greatest coach of all time who's sitting there with a lack of interest, which again, boggles my mind, but we've seen it before with Lamar. We've seen it before with Brady. And we see it unfolding now with Bill Belichick. I think teams are worried about maybe his age, about Mm -hmm. his lack of success in New England recently, about what he would want to do to that organization. But he's still Bill Belichick. That was Adam Schefter on Get Up talking about one of the greatest NFL coaches ever, currently having a hard time even finding interviews with teams. Michael Bumpus, is your mind equally as boggled as is Adam Schefter's? And why do you think we're not hearing more about Bill being hired? Nah, it's not as boggled. Um, And the reason why it's not as boggled is because you just see the young talent that's out there. It's That's just how it goes, man. I mean, you get to a certain age, people start to view you differently, whether it be fair or not, right? They look at Bill Belichick and I think, aren't you the guy who ran Tom Brady out of town? Mm. Aren't you the guy who drafted Mac Jones and felt good about him? He did have a Pro Bowl year his first year, but he was an alternate and kind of snuck up in that thing. Um Aren't you the guy who hires all the homies, you know, instead of going out and looking for fresh faces and new ideas? So 
with all his greatness, Bill Belichick knows some defense. That is for sure. The issue with him is hiring on offense, drafting on offense. And I think that when you go to a place like Atlanta or you sit down with them and you want all of this control, you got to look at the last three years and say, what do they look like? What have you done without Tom Brady? As messed up as it is, who won that breakup? Tom Brady won that breakup. Did he go over to a place with a number one receiver? Yes. Did he go over to a place with a defense that was balling? Yes. But people aren't going to look at that. They're going to look at the breakup and say, you forced Mm -hmm. him out. He goes over and wins. You stay here. And for three seasons, your teams don't look great. You didn't make the playoffs one time. So, no, I'm not surprised. I I think that the, the situation has to be perfect for a guy like Bill Belichick. He's not going into a situation with some question marks or maybe we can work through this. Maybe we can work through that. Man, he is a woman dating in their 30s. They know exactly what they want. I ain't got no time for no BS. I ain't got time for no games. Okay, I'm 30. It's time to get this thing rolling, right? That's Bill Belichick. He goes, I ain't got time for all the questions. Either going to give me what I want or I'm out of here. It is interesting, though, because Tom Brady was facing a lot of the same questions. Well, he's older. You know, is he still going to be able to have it? Did he maybe only succeed there with the Patriots? And his final game as a Patriot, I think he had a pick six and like a wild card loss and a really mm-hmm. underwhelming uh, postseason visit. Like, it, I think people had the same questions. Now, um, the difference uh, is that Tom didn't have any time away from Belichick, whereas Belichick, you're right, has had time away from Tom where people feel like they can say, oh, it was Tom all along. Mm-hmm. Both you and I think that does a disservice to the legacy of both men and that yeah. quarterback head coach legacies are so often intertwined. It's like really impossible to separate them. You can't but, name a great mm-mm. head coach without a great quarterback. Nope. Um, but uh, I do wonder if there's a little bit of the same doubt and if people are focusing way too much on a Bill Belichick team that, uh, that yeah, didn't find a lot of success but also didn't have a franchise quarterback instead of looking at Bill Belichick teams that even with a young Tom Brady, even with uh, – you know, a Tom Brady not leading the league in passing or in touchdowns found ways to win. He knows how to win. And think of how many times we've read stories about, yeah, Bill Belichick exploited this loophole in the in the rule book. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. a brilliant mind. Mm-hmm. I, is, I do wonder yeah. if there's an aspect of uh, he's old and like getting in their own way. Yeah. Um, what is what is the landscape? Uh, what is the landscape of the NFL when it comes to head coaches young brilliant offensive minds exactly and this is this is what the nfl does it follows trends one person starts doing it someone else is going to try you have success there the next person is going to try this is all sean mcveigh's fault yeah it is that's fact hired at 30 you have all the success you go to the super bowl uh and now you're 37 years old you've revamped this team this is all Sean McVay's fault. This is like when the spread came into the NFL. I remember watching football back in the day where there was always a fullback on the field. There were two receivers and one tight end. That was the personnel that we saw constantly in the NFL. But then what happens? You get one or two offensive coordinators who hop into the league and spread the game out. You have success. You put more responsibility on your quarterback. That's why all these numbers are going to be crazy. Ten years from now, the numbers that stand today are going to be shattered, right? It's because that's the NFL. It's a trendy league. And what's trending right now are head coaches and coordinators in their late 30s mm-hmm. and early 40s. And Bill just ain't that. And why is it trending? I think one reason it's trending is because these guys can connect to the younger generation. I don't know if Bill can do that. I'm not saying that he can't sit down with a 20-something-year-old and have a conversation and laugh and smile and do all of that. But 
I would put my money on the late 30s, early 40 guy being able to connect with that player a bit more than Bill. So, and hey, me, it's the league. This is what the league does, man. It follows trends. Someone said, if Bump is the get off my lawn kind of guy, Bill is the get off my planet kind of guy. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're absolutely not wrong. Uh, let's see. Bill was losing. It matters to attract head coaching jobs. Yeah, that is part of it, but... I don't think it's the only part. I mean, Mike Kafka, who's an OC for the Giants, had one of the worst offenses in the league this past season, but people are really intrigued by what he did in 2022 and also by him being a former quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes, which he didn't do in either of the last two years. Like, I think that it's all perception. That's something else the league does. Oh, you coached him. All right, that must have been you. You must have been responsible for that success. How does Cliff Kingsbury get a head coaching job in the NFL and did not win at the college level? Mm-hmm. Because they go back to Texas, Texas Tech. Who who you connected to? Mike Leach, um, Pat Mahomes. You must be brilliant. Not to say my man don't know what he's doing. Obviously, he knows the offense, but it's all about who you're connected to. And sometimes being connected um, gives you. Um, great opportunities in that that coaching tree. You find some success, which we're going to talk about that later yep. when we talk about the uh, the Washington football team. So, yeah, man, it, it's all trends right now. And right now, the older head coach is not in. I think he brings value. I think that he brings structure. He's been in this league for a long time. He knows how to win. He knows what winning looks like. Um, his knock has just been the separation from Tom Brady and him not – having the greatest draft picks when it comes to offensive players. Um, last minute here quickly, two other coaches we aren't really hearing about as much anymore. One had some uh, traction that he was gaining, though that's kind of whittled, which is Mike Rabel, obviously former head coach of the Titans. He's not an old – I wouldn't consider him an older head coach, though he is an older candidate uh, compared to, you know, 36-year-old uh, Bobby Slowick or 36-year-old Mike McDonald. And obviously Pete Carroll, who mm-hmm. didn't put himself out there in quite the same way, but we heard rumors and rumblings of him eyeing that Chargers job. Um, I think that uh, there are some really talented head coaches, including really proven head coaches in the case of Belichick and, and Carroll, that just aren't going to have jobs for this hiring cycle. And those jobs are instead, you're right, going to go to young coordinators. It could work out, and it could be a a complete shift in dynamic towards offense, towards youth, um, mm-hmm. towards X's and O's with the NFL. Or you could have a Cliff Kingsbury situation where for some of those teams it backfires because those guys aren't good leaders. We will see what ends up happening with some of these hires, but it's becoming more and more clear that Bill Belichick is not going to be a head coach for any team in 2024. You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Robert Turbin joining us next. Don't go anywhere.